What's up everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 167 of the VK Bros with Jason and Alex Von Cannell. Coming at you Feels on... like 168. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. I was just about to say, we're coming at you on a Friday afternoon. I've had some massive technical difficulties because I am a caveman who works outside with his hands, therefore I didn't update my computer. And I had about five updates which uh, sprung on me and messed everything up. So I don't understand how there's so many people out there... And this is okay. I had a meeting with my developers this week, mm-hmm. and he shared his screen via Zoom, and he had an update available on his thing as well. I'm like, these guys are you're all psychos. Like my my shit is updated all the time. Yeah. When I turn the computer on, like maybe every third time I turn the computer on, I just click the Windows button. I type SET, mm-hmm. push Enter, go to uh, uh, and go to update and check the update. I do the same thing with my phone. I make sure that my um, my things are updated on my phone all the time. I've always got the latest software updates. I tend to have very few computer issues. Yeah. You you spend a lot more time on your computer than I do, though. I basically spend time on it when I'm doing the podcast, and that's about it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, we've got heaps to talk about today. So obviously... There is a lot going on in the world at the moment. There's two main stories we're going to cover today and a little bit of extra. The first thing is we are recording this on Friday afternoon, Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. Uh, so, well, hey, we should have known something would go wrong, right, on Friday the 13th. But it is obviously uh, the voice referendum eve. So the uh, Australia decides tomorrow on the voice to parliament. And we should have an answer by tomorrow night, I've heard a lot of people say. I think there's been so okay. many uh, pre-poll voters that uh, it should be fairly straightforward, hopefully. And we'll also be covering a little bit of what is happening in Israel and Palestine, which is obviously a very horrible story, which is dominating the uh, headlines at the moment. But I, before we get into that, I just want to start with a very, very quick little potential psyop that I just want everyone to pay attention to and give me feedback back on and it is this because i so i'm a gardener and i work outside all the time so what i'm constantly doing is checking the weather forecast for the next day or even the weather forecast in the morning before i go to work and what i have noticed a lot lately it has happened three times in two weeks where i have checked the forecast the day before and i've checked it on the morning of and the forecast has said either sunny or partly cloudy, and it's been raining. And I'm not saying like little sun shower or something here. There, I'm saying like a couple, I'll, two, three I'll hours. I'll tell of you rain. what it is. It the weather forecast is bullshit, all of it, because, yeah. and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you how you can tell. Why do you show the seven day forecast every day? So you know what's happening in a week. So you can redo it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that might be a good point, but the, more more specific to that though is that the fact that it will show on my phone as sunny when I'm literally standing in the rain, and I think that it's a psyop to make people think because obviously we've gone into El Nino, and El Nino is a weather pattern where we get less rain. I think it's supposed to sh- make people think because let's be honest, most people don't work outside. Most people work in offices. They're not experiencing the weather all day every day. And I think if they look at what the weather is on their phone and it says sunny Might be enough, yeah. every single day, that will just reinforce in their mind so that when they watch the TV and the TV goes, oh, you know, we're in these drought conditions and everything's really, really bad and because of climate change, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I actually haven't seen rain on my phone for ages. Exactly, because it it's the be. only place I people mean, see it. We spoke about it on the show when 
we had remember we closed schools for a torrential downpour that never came mm. but the phone still showed it i was getting apple primarily i had an apple phone at the time yep i was getting warning messages pushed to my phone Yep. saying that there is a climate, like not climate emergency, so like a weather emergency, mm-hmm. and literally nothing happened. Yeah, literally yeah. nothing happened. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say on that. All I want is for guys, viewers, in the comments, or even shoot us a message on social media, next time it rains at your place, I just want you to check the forecast and what it's saying is supposed to happen that day, because I'll be really interested to see if uh, other people are picking up on the same phenomenon as what I've seen in the last few mm. weeks. So... Let's segue straight into The Voice. The Voice is the most pressing thing that's happening in Australia, at least, at the moment. Uh, the It does go down tomorrow on October the 14th. And I think that you brought this up with me during the week, so I don't know if you want to start somewhere else. But Yeah, look, I, I've been a little bit frustrated with this campaign. And, sorry, no, with the way that people have acted around the campaign. I found it really, really interesting. Yeah. It seemed... Put it this way, for something that the media is trying to hype up as being super divisive, mm-hmm. I think everyone has taken that on board. Yeah. And yet no one has done any work towards it. No yeah. one's read anything. No one's looked into anything. I mean, the government that, that put it up basically put nothing out as well. So, like, they knew that no one was going to read. Therefore, you know, it was it was not until they got pressured and pressured and pressured and pressured and pressured mm. that they even put something out. But I've been, I've had conversations with people who are primarily, okay, a mean way of saying it is, it's a pity vote. Yep. A nice way of saying it is a conscience vote. Mm -hmm. Like they just think, oh, well, it should be the right thing to do. I haven't read the details, but if I was to do the other, uh, the, the opposite, then I'm a bad person. Yeah, it feels like the right thing to do. The best argument I've, I've heard from the from a yes voter, this is the best argument, an old guy who said, I was I remember very much what the apology was like and all the same conversations were happening then. We're gonna there's gonna be a land grab and all the stuff's gonna happen and nothing happened. I'm voting yes because nothing's gonna happen. Which is give them what they want. Which is interesting too, because my recollection recollection of Sorry Day was very, very similar. Uh, a lot of people on both sides of the debate talking about all the things that were going to happen afterwards. And on on the positive side of the debate, they were talking about how saying sorry was going to change everything for Aboriginal Australians. And it hasn't. It, it's a token gesture. It did nothing, really. Mm. Like, yes, acknowledgement is great, and we all understand that acknowledgement is great, but actually doing something about it is far more important. And uh, whilst there was a lot of positive rhetoric coming around at the time saying that it would change something, it did change very little I also feel like I also don't want to reward ex, like excessively bad policy yeah, of course and that I mean when I spoke when I I had a good discussion good you know discussion with some people about this and they're like yeah but like it's not we shouldn't be we shouldn't be denigrating Aboriginal people for bad policy mm. and i'm like but what do you think is going to happen like when you read the thing it says that they're only a voice to parliament anyway so yeah in a way are you not uh reinforcing the fact that uh a, a a government that's put bad policy together if you say yes 
isn't that going to be bad policy as well? Like, it, do you know what I mean? Like, are they, yeah. are they going to do anything with it? Yeah, it's... This is this is the issue with this and, and a lot of things which are driven by the left side of politics is it is all vibe. It's all just yeah. feelings. There's no proper detail and everyone is like oh anyone who says if you don't know vote no well there's so much information out there and go and read it and blah 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 but this is this is the guts of it for me and i i, I want to break it down to the ridiculous because to me this is completely ridiculous mm-hmm. what what were you being told about this debate and look at the end of the day this podcast is going to come out after the vote's over anyway so we're not going to sway anyone's minds but this is just my thoughts on it what we're literally being so the government that is trying to bring the vo- the uh, the voice in is the current incumbent government, the Labor federal government. They run the show, and the speed the, the spiel that we're getting is through better listening, we'll get better outcomes. Mm. Listening's free. So what what I hear when I hear that is, uh, as the federal government, I've got my fingers in my ears. I'm not listening to Aboriginals at the moment, and yeah. I've, I never have. I've never because listened they're not recognised. Yeah, right. I'm not listening to them. And if you guys don't vote yes, I'm going to continue to not listen to them. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what I hear. But furthermore, then when uh, the no voters bring up things like, hey, like my my biggest problem with the the voice to parliament in itself is that we aren't. We aren't voting on the structure and function of the voice to parliament, how it's going to work, how it's going to deliver yeah. the outcomes. If you gave me the nuts and bolts of it to digest and go, okay, this is our plan for how the voice to parliament's going to work and how it's going to deliver the outcomes we say it's going to deliver, I'd probably be far more positive about voting for it if it actually showed a proper pathway. But what- I mean, that was my whole argument, is I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it, but this one and all the research that we have done on it, this is garbage. Yeah, I know. I, know. So I just would actually let, be... let me let me finish this thought. Sorry, let me finish, finish this thought. Yeah. So this is my thing, right? So so if we had a proper proposal, I could look at it and I'd be far more positive about voting yes for it, because again, remember, the government at the moment is saying we don't listen to Indigenous Australians. We've never listened to Indigenous Australians, and if we listened more, we get better outcomes. And then when all the no voters say, "Hey, give us more detail," uh, this thing, like if you don't give us detail, we expect the worst, right? So we think that this is going to be a super invasive thing, have way too much power, two-tier society, uh, you know, non-Indigenous Australians are going to be second-class citizens. And look, let's be honest, a lot of us just experienced that during COVID with the vaxxed and unvaxxed economies as well. So we already know that there has been a, a, a second-class citizenry in the country in recent memory. But then when, you, when, when they give that kind of pushback, the government then goes, no, guys, it's just an advisory body. Like, they, don't, they can't actually do anything. They just have to advise us on things, and then the government can choose to listen or not listen. So the government's already not listening. And then we create an avi- advisory body, which the government can then choose to not listen to as well. It's literally written in that... It's completely redundant. It's completely yeah. redundant to me. And all this has done, in my opinion, is divide Australians. I, I put up a post during the week... Uh, which I don't know if you would have seen it. But I didn't see the post. Yeah, okay, it's probably been censored on, on social yeah. media. But I literally just said this. So, uh, corporate media, current dividing line menu. No, no, I did see menu. that. Did yeah, so, I you like did that. see it. I like that. Yeah, 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 I like that. So, yeah, the current dividing line menu. So, this is the menu of dividing lines you can choose from. You can have vaxxed or unvaccinated. You can have, do you stand for Ukraine or are you a shill for Putin and Russia? Uh, are you for Palestine or are you for Israel? Are you trans or are you cis? 
Um, are you a yes nutter or a no voter? Are you a conformist or are you a conspiracy theorist? The media dis- selects for you and anyone who disagrees with you after the media selects for you, you should then throw vitriol at and, and completely cut mm. out of your life. But that's literally all that the voice has been for me in my experience is... And there's people that I... I've got really, really good friends who are hardcore, ardent yes voters. And to be fair, some of them that are ardent yes voters are indigenous support workers. So for them, it obviously seems like the best thing to do. But this is where we get tricked time and time again, where government takes advantage of our people's good natures where they like this is all vibe it is all if you vote yes you're a good person you should feel good about yourself even the design of the people. question the question is a vibe question absolutely and it actually doesn't relate and that that's where i said with these guys the, the the question is only very loosely correlated to the information they put out that what this thing is going to be let me read that question again just to remind people so the question is a proposed law to alter the constitution to recognize the first peoples of australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. And what Alice is saying is exactly right. That first section is the vibe section, which is completely misleading and has misled a lot of people in the debate, where it says to alter the constitution to recognise the first peoples of Australia. The answer to that question is yes. Uh, Hold on. I've just got someone at the front door. Give Give me one sec. I'll... I'll... Pause it. Just pause it. All right, we're back. Sorry about that, guys. Just uh, had had the grandparents come to the front door. So, I guess the the thing that's frustrated me. So, the the answer to the question is yes, but when you read what the government has put out in relation to what the yes vote actually means, it's something very different. That's right. And most people, well, a most people don't even know what the question is. Okay, yeah. because like. They're literally just getting the headlines that have been that have been pushed. Those are the people who are going. It's about recognition. It's about recognition, but it's not. Yeah, just give them what they want, mm. but you don't even know what it is. That's, that's right. That's the thing that's frustrating. I literally, I've, I've got a little notebook here that I've just started, and just writing some of my thoughts thoughts down. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm getting frustrated with how prevalent. And even even when people like, I feel like the audience who's listening to this doesn't do this. Okay, I feel like the fact if if you keep coming back and listening to us, and thank you, like and subscribe. If, if you keep coming back, then your the way your brain is wired is to peel a layer back and and and, and look a little bit deeper. On just on that note, I'll be interested to see if that is the case when we talk about Israel and Palestine. Yeah, because I but, think that 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 stuffed up a lot of people so when i mean there's still things now in relation to the COVID stuff that i can mention now that is as clear as day you know proven and 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 you know people the people have like literally admitted to stuff and when you mention it they just look at you like oh no that can't be real because that's not how i felt before I, I don't know if you saw it during the week as an example of this. There was this lady, I can't remember her name, but she was she was a stud. She appeared on uh, Bill Maher's show with Sam Harris. And she brought up some stuff about like Trump derangement syndrome and oh. more specifically relating to the Russian collusion hoax and the Steele dossier and all that sort of stuff. And Sam Harris and Bill Maher both were like, 
that's that that stuff wasn't all wrong. Like there was this, and like they still believe yeah, all of it. Of course, they still believe it because they. So okay, so this is what that is. I'll tell you exactly what that is. I actually have this in my. Um, this is something I do with people. Mm-hmm. I will sometimes make very, very, very shocking claims that really? are real but sound ridiculous mm. so that I can show you that I have just now affected the way you feel yeah. about the thing. Okay. Now I, the, the, the older I get, it seems the more strictly objective I get. So mm-hmm. now I don't believe anything that I hear yep. and I want to see sources and I want to see multiple sources and then I'll make, uh, you know, I'll, when we get to the Palestine stuff, the, the research that I've mm. done for that. I, I know where to find the information now um, and I apply that and then I'll go, okay, you, you know, we seem to push it against the grain every time, which just goes goes to show one or two things. We're completely wrong. Yep. Okay. Or there's a narrative out there designed to push the other way. Yes. Okay. Now, my frustration with this is twofold. It's threefold, sorry. I actually think there should be a lot of hate and anger in the in the uh, zeitgeist about the Yes campaign. Uh, sorry, sorry, the, 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 the um, voice of parliament. Right. But I think that hate should be directed at the government. Mm. So from if I was an indigenous, indigenous person and I thought that this was something that I wanted, mm-hmm. not all do, but let's say I was one that wanted it, and I read that, I would be so offended. Mm. That's the best homework submission you the government could put together. Yeah. That was the best. This thing, which, you know, does Albo, is is Albo trying to be have like a Kevin Rudd moment where Kevin Rudd said sorry, and he gets to come out and get this done. I think done, that's a lot of it. Change. Yeah. yeah, okay. So if you're going to do it, do it properly. Yeah. Do it, and he could have got everyone to say yes. Sorry, besides, there are racists. 100%, there yeah. are they're, they're racist uh, people who are voting no purely for racist racist things. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, okay? And you're never going to get them. Yeah. But the 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 normal middle, right? The the, the centre, uh, not the far left, not the far right, the centrists. The, the disinterested majority. Yep. If your campaign made sense... Right, mm. it said, it, you know, it was everything was written on the packet, and it made it, it. It sounded like reasonable, which could easily be done. Yep. We wouldn't have this divide, or the or the news would be talking just about the racists. Which I mean, they're doing that now yep. anyway. But it would be far less effective, and I, yeah. everyone would move in the right direction. I agree. The fact that we haven't. That, that they haven't, the fact that they haven't done that tells me two things. And this is what I brought up with, with these yes voters. Because I said, are you happy with the quality of the yes campaign? And they said no. Hmm. A- and I'm like, well, then why are you voting for it? And they're like, oh, because, you know, we shouldn't let... Because they don't want know, to be socially ostracised. The same thing that that is a controlling force during COVID with the vaccines. People didn't want to be ostracised. People didn't want to speak out of turn. Uh like because you're exactly right to me this is what the yes campaign consisted of we're gonna do this thing because uh we think it's the right thing to do for indigenous people but 
for the first however many months of the campaign, there was no detail at all. And then when people came to us and said, hey, give us the details, we just said, you're a racist. That was the whole campaign for the first few months. And now I've noticed in the last couple of weeks has been a lot of sob stories about, oh, this Indigenous rights activist who has terminal cancer has said, oh, his dying wish is for you to vote. Yeah, like, it's just the same emotional blackmail. That's one of the things I wrote down in my book, right? Um, and it wasn't. It actually wasn't about the voice, but you're right because I have seen some of those too. Yeah. It's. It's. I wrote here. Um, the media focus on feel stories. Yeah. And look, are we done with 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 the voice? Because can we transition into? Um, the, the next no, thing? no, we're not quite done yet because I think the most important part about this conversation is this is Monday morning now, right? Imagine it's Monday morning. There's people that woke up on Sunday and Monday who didn't get the answer they wanted and they're very angry right now. What yeah. are they supposed to do now? Well, uh, st- stay off ASIO's radar is what I would say. Because <laughs> because one of the... Okay, so th- this actually... T- that What you just said ties in with more of the conversation I had before is... I said, this to me is so... Albo can't be that dumb. Albo's team can't be that dumb to say hey, vote for this, what is it? Don't worry about it. Okay? So that, so that to me can't be real. So I think it's purely under, like, my conspiratorial mind, mm-hmm. okay? And this is only based on, you know, our life experience. Yep. The reason why it's so bad to me could, the, one of the reasons could be they want the divide. They want to be able to call people racist. Mm-hmm. And we know there's a bunch of online censorship bills waiting to try and get through. Yep. They're already saying now that most of the no campaign was misinformation, mm-hmm. right? So is this going to be the thing to say the referendum goes through? It says no. The hot, only reason why is because of misinformation. To stop that, we need to censor the internet. Yeah, look, you you could be correct. I and then and then if that's the case, if that's the case, if I was indigenous, I'd be riding riding in the streets because if they've used you and that story as a as a um, it's a tool. A, yeah, you can use it as a tool. Yeah, yeah. To get internet censorship, which yep. is which is for political power. Yep. I would be outraged. Which. I think the le- the like anyone who's on the left side of politics who uh, the, this has been my argument against a lot of the wokeism stuff for for many years is that again it's one of the things that just doesn't make sense in my head because it's completely topsy turvy and, and counterintuitive. The left claims to care about minorities, and yet what they continue to do is split people up into more uh, specific designated minority groups and only refer to them in those groups to literally keep you inside those boxes. So it's a bit of a like perpetual victimhood thing because then you've always got a sales pitch, right? And like I just spoke about before with those dividing lines, you could divide the entire country by two, by two, by two, by two, by two, by two constantly to the point where what you end up being is an, uh, I'm an indigenous uh, Australian who I, uh, I stand for Ukraine, but I'm, I'm pro-Palestine, but I'm, unvaccinated but like right so you could just keep uh when it comes to categories all of a sudden every single person of our 26 million population is in their own what category on their own yeah yeah, yeah, right yeah divide and conquer 
hundred percent. And and I think that's the point of that post I put up the other day is literally all this stuff is about divide and conquer. But what I will say is this, and I've mentioned this on the pod before, I do wonder how much of the poor campaign is just down to arrogance from the left side of politics because of internet censorship we've experienced for the last three to five years where right-wing ideas have been censored and left-wing ideas have been propagated, I wonder how much is just arrogance with them thinking that because they've only ever seen uh, left-wing ideas that agree with their policies, that they could just throw out this feeling based on nothing but feels BS and that people would would agree with it. I, I, I don't think it's that. I think it's the fact that if you do feel... It's and, and, and most feelings people really can't be objective. Therefore, mm. they're almost impervious to the data. It's irrelevant. Yeah, totally. And the way that the, the defense mechanism they build is, well, no, you're just heartless. Like you're... Absolutely. And I, I feel it too. I mean, when we start talking about this next, next topic, some of the stuff that we're going to say is really heartless. Totally, yeah. But to, to be objective... You know what's what's that saying? There's a saying. It's like never make a life changing decision under stress. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would tell you know I'd have salespeople like I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit today. They're like eh, just hold on, yeah. <laughs> go for a walk, mm-hmm. write it down, sleep the night over it. Like, yeah. like ha- ha- you know, come back tomorrow, talk about it. if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, yeah. Don't. Let, let me give you the perfect example to all parents out there. Everyone knows about toddlers, right? And everyone talks about the terrible twos and three-nagers. Like, these are, these are terms we throw around all the time. And what are we referring to? We're referring to the fact that we've got these little balls of energy, because they've got endless sources of energy until they conk out, who are highly emotional and completely irrational. And we talk about that all the time, how they can't self-regulate their emotions. That's why they, they go off, they have tantrums, like they do all of these things and everyone knows about this phenomenon. And what we get told every single day as parents is we need to give our children the love and the care and the attention and the tools so that they can eventually learn how to self-regulate and regulate their emotions to become more mm-hmm. rational human beings. Well, I don't but, think they say that second well, but, but no, that's what they do in, in parenthood stuff. But then, Good. in the last couple of decades, what our society has tr- attempted Not to decades. do... Not decades. Well, it's been at least 10 years, I reckon. At least a decade. But what our society's attempted to do is actually remove a lot of those self-regulation tools from adults. Because our society doesn't want rational adults, they want emotional adults who are easy to control with emotion-based messaging that is completely irrational. And hey, we saw that, number one, during COVID. During COVID, it was all emotion-based messaging which convinced people to essentially go along the exact same lines as what the Nazis did in Germany, right? And everyone made that connection during the time. But the thing that, that... was so abhorrent about Nazi Germany was that neighbours ratted their neighbours out because they thought it was the right thing to do. And we saw the yeah. exact same thing at peop- uh, during COVID, people policing each other on vaccines and mask wearing and all that bullshit because they were far too emotional and no one looked at the data. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing with The Voice. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think that's what we're seeing a little bit in Israel and Palestine, if you want to segue through to that. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, for those who have been living under a rock, uh, ha- uh, Hamas, who is a, uh, effectively a, 
a terrorist organization in um, Palestine, uh, primarily in the Gaza Strip, um, did a sneak attack on Israel and killed a bunch of people, uh, kidnapped a bunch of people, women, children. They've done some uh, absolutely heinous things. There's footage going around the internet of like um, beheadings and rapes yep. and murders and all sorts. It's, it's, it's disgusting. And my first, my first thoughts around, well, okay, the interesting thing is, so for people that have no idea of what the, 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 the landscape is, uh, that whole area is basically desert. Yeah. Okay, but it's on the water. It's on the Mediterranean. No, Adriatic. Link the Adriatic Sea. Um, at one period of time, would have been the center of the world. It would have. It's the part that would have connected um, Europe to um, uh, West Asia to Africa. Mm-hmm. So it, over the thousands of years would have been one of the most important places on earth obviously a lot of religious significance jerusalem you know which is highly regarded in the christian faith uh and the islamic faith uh there's also some very and judaism key, and Juda- isn't that um what did i say christian. oh sorry 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 yeah, yeah sorry yep um yeah, it's actually more so to in Judaism, and uh, basically for the last three thousand years, there's been a war. Now, Israel, Israel is the Jewish state. They had no home to go to for many mm-hmm. years. They allocated right here's some here's some land inside in the middle of uh, Palestine. You can have that. Just don't encroach on. Palestine, and that's exactly what it's done. They get mountains of money. Israel gets mountains of money from America. Yep. So they look like a super advanced technical metropolis mm-hmm. in the middle of effectively a wasteland yep. around it. Palestine's very poor. Their their friends are Iran, who have been sanctioned by the West, you know, for twenty years. Yeah, uh, had been uh, had been in their own wars, uh, you know, for the previous 20 years prior to that. Have often been referred to by Western media, at least, as the principal exporters of terrorism around the globe. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, now, I guess... Oh, okay, so so the Israel's got this very interesting thing called the Iron Dome, mm-hmm. which is this very sophisticated anti-missile system that if a missile gets fired into Israel, this... Iron Dome will actually shoot it out of the sky automatically. Yeah, very impressive to watch. Um, but instead of using that, Hamas flew in on parasails. Yeah, which can't get detected by the um, Iron Dome system. Landed at a party and just started chopping people up. Like, yeah, it, yeah it's 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 really full on. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, Australia is going to get dragged into it for one side, purely because we are an extension of the American military industrial complex. Yep. So we have to, we have to be, we have to side with Israel. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's right. Um, now, do I think what Hamas did is disgusting? 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But do they do it unprovoked? Definitely not. Yeah. So just, just some stats. Israel and Palestine are, have been at war for the last 75 years since this um, this agreement, this two-party, two-state solution agreement mm-hmm. um, came about. It's really a shit deal. When you do your research and the British made this deal up, it looks like it was destined to fail to me. Like, wouldn't you think if you had a land mass and you wanted two people to share it, where would you split it? In the middle? Yeah. So what, what the British did is they said, no, you can have this bit, this bit, mm. this bit, this bit, this bit, all over the place. It's scattered all over the place. Which I'm sure was partially to do with where the resource deposits were located as well. Maybe. I'm actually not sure. Uh, uh, this is one of the parts that didn't come up in my research. I don't know how resource-rich they are. I there's don't a, think they are. There's heaps. I've been where? I've been looking into some stuff. In Palestine? Both. Because it can't be in Israel. Israel's got... They're, they're, they're just buildings. Yeah, in well, Palestine has lots of... Palestine's uh, got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, now, what are your comments first on, on your initial reaction? Okay. So, here's where I'm at. Uh, I've got a, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, so I'll, I'll try to be as succinct with them as I possibly can. Number one, uh, what Hamas did is disgusting. Number two, I can't understand why they did it, just like you said. And and if you want to put it in context, you can look at it similar to the Russia-Ukraine war. Uh, the media claims that Russia it was an unprovoked attack on Ukraine. If you actually do some research into it, you'll find out that Ukraine's been bombing a certain region with ethnic Russians in it for eight years before this happened, and that Russia had done all of these warnings about NATO expansionism into Ukraine and said that that was a red line for them, and then NATO kept talking to Ukraine about joining. So it wasn't unprovoked. So very, very similar scenarios. And what is interesting to me about Western media is how when it comes to uh, Russia invading Ukraine in response to these essentially unprovoked attacks on on the Donbass region, uh, they talk about uh, Russia as being the the bad guy, right? Unprovoked attack because Russia is invading Ukraine. But now that you look at the Western media's coverage of the Ukraine-Palestine conflict you've essentially got a very a similar dynamic, but the Western media is siding with Israel, who is essentially the Russia of this, uh, of this situation. Well, no, because they were... No, sorry. So no, U- what... Ukraine bombed Russian areas, and then Russia, after eight years, decided to invade Ukraine. Whereas yeah, if you look it, at Russia... Uh, well, but technically, technically, those regions were recognised by uh, internationally as Ukrainian. So the Donbass region was Ukrainian. Therefore, I don't think your analogy... But the, the people fits. of the Donbass had voted to become part of Russia. Yep, but internationally, internationally, they were recognised as Ukrainian. That's why Ukrainians bombing Ukraine, Donbass didn't matter as much, apparently. Okay. And anyway, let, let's, not get, let's not get caught up in the weeds. So so that, that was my, my first thought on this. The second thing is, uh, obviously... We know that the, there has been uh, massive problems in this region between these two for a long, long period of time. The biggest thing, that, and, and this this sucks to even talk about, but it's so pertinent, especially when you even think about like The Voice, for example. All of this stuff is intergenerational trauma. All of it. All of it. The whole reason why uh, the, the Jews in Israel and the Palestinians hate each other is because of what both of those sides have done to their ancestors for generations. So it's all intergenerational trauma. And the problem is, 
that never ends when there's when when Hamas attacks Israel for what Israel's doing to to Palestine guess what happens people die in Israel and then the the children of the people who died or the people who have children who died in those attacks what do they then do they hate Palestine and they want revenge and you see our western media calling for revenge right now and this as, has been going for 75 years this this version of it has been going on for 75 years yeah and as and as anyone who is a a psychologist or whatever may know the only way to stop intergenerational trauma is when someone says you know what i'm not putting this burden on my kids anymore that's the only way it stops so unfortunately people on both sides have to forgive and forget it's the only yeah. way this stops honestly it's the only way any of this stuff stops but it's never going to happen i understand and I'll tell you that. why and it's not because of them yeah it's because you've got warmongers in the u.s and in and that was actually a perfect segue to my next point the most intriguing thing about this to me was the timing because i don't come if we spoke about it on the show last week but uh in in the u.s obviously we've been talking a lot about how the u.s has essentially been money laundering u.s taxpayer dollars through the ukraine war they've been doing it for almost two years now what happened about a week ago was that kevin mccarthy who was the republican speaker of the house was ousted which was very uh very sudden and very unexpected and the reason why that's significant is that everyone thought when the republicans took control of the house but also had a republican speaker that the money to ukraine was going to stop that's what people assumed and it never did they kept voting it and what's significant about the speaker of the house position number one they're third in line to the presidency if so if the president dies and the vice president dies the speaker becomes president so it's a very important position but number two they actually get to control which bills get brought to the house floor to be voted on and what was surprising was that kevin mccarthy was essentially working with the democrats to keep bringing these spending bills to the floor to be voted on to send more money to ukraine it went through so fast that's right very very quickly because it's obviously like you know we, we're saying at the moment the democrats are the war party there's plenty of people in the republicans who want war too because they're all making sure. money out of it yep so the timing was fascinating because literally in the same week that kevin mccarthy got ousted and that the ukraine uh money was in jeopardy all of a sudden another one of america's allies has an attack on it which then justifies military spending to israel and, and you're seeing worse. the saber rattling already with people from the U.S. going, we need to stand with Israel. We need more military aid. But this blah, is, blah, blah. but this is different. This is this is different to um, Ukraine because America is obligated to get involved with that, and that mm -hmm. could be troops on the ground because of their security agreement, which yep. they've never had with Ukraine. So this is the more extreme version. Mm -hmm. If anything, the Ukraine Russia thing was a was a, a, demonst a demonstration of what they're going to do in Israel. Well, the, you could even say that the Ukraine-Russia thing was like a bonus check that these people were able to cash, but you've also you've always got the Israel-Palestine conflict in your back pocket for whenever you need it. If the military-industrial yeah. complex needs a war, well, hey, you've got one there ready to go. So I don't know if I said it to you, but I definitely said it to some of the other people I've been speaking to about this. The first day it happened, I said, I was surprised that Israel could be sneak attacked. Yeah. I agree. And the reason is the Mossad, who is the Israeli intelligence, is the best intelligence organization in the world. Yeah. They're funded by America, but they're better than America. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere in the world. They're more ruthless. They've got more technology. Yeah. 
Um, they are the best intelligence organization in the world. Mm-hmm. So to, in my mind, there's no... Re- like, okay, and, and I made a skit about it. I was like, what? Israel didn't realize that Palestine was bu- buying a heck of a lot of parasails all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, are they just getting parasails? Like, they're, they're getting into parasailing now? Yeah. You know, like those are, yeah, those are signals that you pick up. Anyway, yeah. it turns out that the Egyptian uh, intelligence told Benjamin Netanyahu, who is the prime minister of, of Israel, 10 days prior that something big was happening. Yeah. And they missed um, it. America told them with three days, uh, three days before, and uh, uh, BB, they call him BB, BB Netanyahu, had moved the military forces to the West Bank, which is the opposite direction of Gaza, and that's where they got attacked. Hmm. And they also, a lot of news outlets called this attack the 9-11 of Israel. Yeah, exactly. And what happened so, after 9-11? What happened after 9-11? It was a justification for the invasion of, of other sovereign nations. Yeah. Now, there's another point to what you're saying too, is the response time for the Israeli military to the event. So a lot of people are saying six to 12 hours before they responded to what was going on. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday where someone who is of Jewish descent was saying he's been to Israel and a flight to completely go from one side of Israel to the other on a helicopter was 45 minutes. Yeah, it's a city. Yeah. It's not a big place. So but for... Yeah, they're saying because they moved, they moved the military force to the other side of Israel. Yeah. So in other words, like, now look, we don't know, we don't know if this is the truth. We just don't know. All we're doing is asking questions here and we're speculating because... But we'll know. We will know. We'll I'll know. tell you how we'll know. We'll know if... If Israel tries to level Gaza completely. No, they've done that. That's done. They already have done it. They have flattened Gaza already. They're just waiting on authority to put ground troops in to finish them off. Yeah, okay. They've now said, you've got American Congress people saying it's time to go to a holy war. This <laughs> is war. Like, this is not... This This makes Ukraine look like a disagreement in the street. Yeah. Okay? And um, a friend of mine and I sat through, we went we, we went did a, a, a big, long history of the area because we're like, who's right? Who's in the right? You know, and the only, I'll tell you from my point of view, the Jewish people were the only, they're the people that have had the most prolonged, when they've occupied that area themselves, they have had the longest uh, peace of Mm -hmm. 1200 years. The next best was like 800 years. And that was when the Jewish, the Jews had it again. So by that rationale alone, that's the only data point I could use. They should have it, right? Mm. Another, another strategy just wipe out the whole lot. Don't argue about it anymore. Yeah. Get rid of three holy sites. Wipe them off the face of the earth. Put it underwater. And okay, what are you gonna what are you gonna argue about now? Because this mm. has this has been going on since uh, three thousand BC. Yeah. Okay. And so, I, look, I don't, I even think if you wipe those places off the earth, as long as you can point to them on a map, I don't think it's going to matter. People are still. Well, if it's underwater, I mean. You know, it'll be well, a, it'll be a they Middle bought, Eastern. They bought heaps of um, parasails. Well, Maybe they'll buy scuba gear next. Or they'll buy mainsails. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's what. Look, what's so interesting for me about this too is like we're literally talking about a conflict which has been active for such a long period of time, and then you juxtapose that against what we talk about with the voice and with the indigenous peoples of Australia and the you know the colonizers coming and doing the things to uh, the indigenous peoples of Australia that they did, and how we in 2023 are supposed to feel guilty for what happened if you go back in the history of every single nation on the planet someone came and killed someone 
everywhere. Genocides happened everywhere. And do you know what's even worse about it too? Is that before the, uh, the Europeans came to Australia, do you know who killed Indigenous peoples of Australia? Other Indigenous peoples of Australia. Like, human beings go to war. It's in our DNA. It's what we do. Well, I'll, okay, so my view on the Indigenous voice thing, a lot of the, the I would say, ignorant people of this have said, oh, we've given them so much, and rah, rah, rah. Now, this is, this is the part that I don't cop. So being completely objective, right? Yeah. They've got at least 60,000 years worth of history in this country. Mm-hmm. We've got 200, what, 250 years, two, yep. under 250 years in this country. And the best we could come up with is giving them more of our colonialism yeah. as, a, as reparations. Yeah. Here, have money. Here, have money. And they're like, mm. they don't have a construct of money. They haven't had money for 60,000 years. And we're like, I, we know you're sad. Yeah. Have more of our stuff. That's Here's right. Stuff that it's means like to put it in another ridiculous context it's like having indigenous people out camping around Uluru and going uh hey guys here's your login codes to your starlink connection or, or and thinking that, that makes a, a difference well you get a free mall yeah like everyone wants a mall but the other thing too um, that makes what you just said even worse is that it's not the money that's been given to the indigenous people it's the problem that i have is the like it's called the aboriginal grievance industry it's not the indigenous people that are stealing money it's the businesses that are yeah. built around this industry that service the Aboriginal people that that tend to pilfer all of the money out of it. It's funny you say that because I saw I, I've only I only saw it today and I wish I got a screenshot of it. I was watching TV and an ad came on for the Yes campaign. Yeah, and at the end it was a government paid for ad by an indi- Indigenous group. Right, and I was like. But who are those guys? Yeah, 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 exactly. So they they got to put they got to put an Australian government flag yeah. on or a, a, a logo yep. on their ad, yep. and they're an indigenous thing. You are pushing indigenous voices, which which again, and, the, and more... the other thing, the other big factor, right? Mm-hmm. No one asks what. So the 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 indigenous. My relatively narrow knowledge of indigenous culture. Mm-hmm. The idea of a federal voice makes no sense yeah. when they never operated federally. That's right. They never they never operated countrywide. Yeah. There, how many mobs are there? Yeah, I don't know, but you would. And they all speak you, different languages. Yeah, if you were trying to apply some sort of government model to it, you'd look at local government, and that's it. Local council. Yeah. Put it, like have a voice to council. Yeah. And not not a advi- I wouldn't have an advisory group. That's a waste of fucking time. Mm. Have they have a say? Yeah, know, like they actually have a say in stuff, and this and there's things that like, you know, we talk about climate change as the, we think it's the most existential threat to our uh, democracy. How about we ask the guys that have been here for sixty thousand years of their problem how to do it? No, but we can't listen to them yet, Alex. We have to vote yes first, then we can ask yeah. them and listen to them. Yeah, because not yeah. allowed to listen until we do. And yeah. we, we, you only can't listen because you guys are racist. You're going to vote now. No. I, I want to say this too, especially with the now. It did happen, like you illustrated, with the voice. Mm-hmm. They, but they're doing it now. They're ramping it up hard with Israel Palestine. Yep. Is the ultra sad stories? Yep. Baby mutilations, beheadings of women, like that. Now, that stuff is heinous for sure. Totally. But why are they telling you? Mm-hmm. Heaps of men are dying too. But why are they telling you? That's right. Why are they telling you that? Oh, because it's extra heinous? 
heinous special victims unit yep. dun, dun, right because they try to elicit an emotion from you yep. so that you're going to make an irrational uh, argument mm-hmm. which they have decided as you said and as you posted they have decided what that's going to be that's right so that's all they've set up the narrative yep for, to make you feel exactly the way they want you to which feel. is exactly why they called it israel's 9-11 because yeah. the american government whether it was an inside job or not doesn't matter it was used as a justification to invade other nations and that's why that that like that's why the Chinese... gaza is flattened gaza yeah. is flat and okay and just so you know israel has turned off gaza's electricity yeah it's been off for a day already there are a million children there i know they're not hamas no so um something okay so breaking points has actually been doing really really good work on this really good work Mm -hmm. and i don't know if we've spoken about on the show but i know you and i have spoken about it how i've been getting off breaking points because crystal seems to have moved so far to the left yeah yeah we haven't yeah. mentioned it on the show, but we've spoken about yeah. it. Yeah, but she can't now. So she 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 was actually more of the voice of reason than what Saga was because Saga was like, "Oh, this has been happening forever. It's going to happen forever." Right. And her, she said, "I have never in my life heard Western nations be happy about the mutilation of mm-hmm. another type of people." Yeah. Never. That's new. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, another interesting point that people might not know, Hamas was made by the Israelis. Yeah. So just like ISIS was a response, was an American, a Western creation mm-hmm. to try and destabilize the Taliban. Yep. Hamas was designed, were allowed to flourish by the West and by Israel Benjamin Netanyahu has tweeted this, mm-hmm. right? That they are necessary to destabilize Palestine. Yeah. Uh, Dave Smith. Uh, Dave Smith. He he's doing great. Co- he's a Jew, mm-hmm. right? Libertarian. He does this great bit about it. But the start of his podcast, the introduction, he says, "Want to know who we're going to be at war with? Look at who we are arming right now." Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you reap what you sow. And we think we're the good guys. We think they're the bad guys. But we have a hand to play in this. We're, uh, we being the West, yeah. we are pulling the strings. And unfortunately, millions of people are going to die. At That's least. right. And just to millions give you a those. brief example of it, um, in the Afghan Afghanistan war, the, so you had ISIS in Afghanistan and the Taliban in Afghanistan, and both of those uh, entities were actually receiving funding and weapons from Pakistan. The U.S. government actually funds Pakistan's military as well. So, in other words, you've got the U.S. taxpayer funding both sides of the war again because they funded the U.S. invasion and they funded the defendants on the other side of it. Uh, and America, they're arguing it this at the moment. The the America has Biden apparently has signed off six billion dollars worth of aid to. Uh, sorry, I don't know if it was aid. I can't make out if it was aid. No, it was or it was oil frozen. Deal. It was frozen funds, which so it was Iran's actual funds, but the U.S. government had frozen them and he re- unfroze them and released them. And in exchange Iran has for hostages, help, yeah. And Iran has been helping uh, Hamas 
with this attack. Yeah. Now, this is another thing that's a really good example of what doesn't feel right is actually the right thing to do. You don't pay for hostages. You never pay for hostages. And it's always been the US government's position to not pay for hostages in other countries. And that sounds really bad, right? Because if you were taken as a hostage, you would hope that your government would do everything they could to get you out. And they do try diplomatic means and stuff like that, but they generally don't pay for hostages. Why is that? Because if you pay for hostages, guess what? Hostages... You put a price on it. You put a price on people's heads. That's right. They become valuable. You create an industry overnight. So the fact that the Biden administration unfroze his $6 billion essentially to pay for the release of hostages, well, guess what? They've just put a price on every American's head who's abroad because now everyone knows, hey, you can get billions of dollars just for just for some American hostages. This is, like, buckle in, guys. This is going to be really nasty. It is. This, this, this to me, this is way closer to uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. This is, totally. this is, this is, this is going to suck. Now, you're going to see it all. I'm going to have to wrap this up shortly, but I want to finish up on one last thing about this, and it's this. What I found so staggering is the response of people, especially if you go on like Twitter and stuff like that, uh, the response of people to this, which is completely contrary to their response to things such as COVID, such as the Ukraine-Russia war, such as, right? So a lot of people who are on, say, the red pill side of the argument all of a sudden, com- completely overnight, because maybe they are pro-Israel or Jewish themselves or whatever, have thrown all of their distrust for the media out the window, and all of a sudden, they're believing every single thing the mainstream media says, because it just so happens to be about a group they really care about. Mm. I, I, want, I want you guys, and it's probably the theme of this show, pu- take a deep breath, take a step back, pull your emotions out of all of it, and just ask yourself, who benefits who benefits yeah. from these things that are going on? And that's yeah. for everything. Who benefits from, like, even just considering Hamas knows if they did that attack, that's a suicide attack. That's a suicide attack. They knew that they were going to get response from Israel. They were never, what, what, was the, what were they going to do, take over Israel? It was never going to happen. So you knew there was going to be a response and it was going to be even worse than what you're going to be able to inflict. So who benefited from that, okay? Who benefits from the media's emotional coverage of it? Who benefits from that? Like, take your emotions out of it, take a deep breath, and because when the when the TV's telling you about Hamas beheading children, guess what? War's fucking ugly. It will always be ugly. People are going to die on both sides. So the best thing that you can possibly ever hope for is no war. So when yeah. the, then the TV's telling you where we need to other this group to, because they're detestable, they should be wiped off the face of the earth, well, again... Who benefits from that? Uh, I'm going to make one more. Uh, I'm going to call out Josh Hildebrand, that mm-hmm. low-life dog, Mart. He's He's, he, he gets called in and he flip-flopped on COVID. He was 100% like pro-vax. You're an idiot if yep. you don't do it. Now, he, he put on a show this morning on the news about um, basically oh, the Palestinian um, protesters. If you're aligning yourselves with terrorists, and uh, yep. like he went off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, N- never factored in the f- their home. Like is gone. He's he's bought and sold, man. He's bought and he sold. He's sucks. brought in to sell whatever the mainstream establishment. You see him on the street, calling a doodle. From yeah, him. he's an absolute doodle. But guys, like, and look, even on the protest front, I believe everyone should be able to protest. 100%. Everyone. Let yeah, people it's protest. Right. It's your absolute yeah. human right to do so. And as soon as you decide you want to take away that right for someone else because the message you don't like, well, guess what? They'll be able to take it off you too. And. 
Love thy neighbour. Love thy neighbour. Love each other. Stay careful. Stay safe. Be good to each other. Don't fall for the psyops. Mm. We'll see you next week. Bye.